Good morning, Big Rabbits. This is Big Rabbits Buzz with Chris Long and Bruce Borkovich. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Post holidays, Happy New Year. Today we have Representative Tom Koontz with us. Uh, Tom, elaborate for a few moments uh, about uh, who you are, what you represent, or where you represent, and we'll get into a few more personal questions, but uh, tell us who you are. Sounds good. Bruce and Chris, first of all, thanks for having me. Happy New Year. I think 24 is going to be a great year, so I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm the state representative for the 100th district, and that is Claire Osceola Macosta, and I have a portion of Lake County, so I have 48 townships in that uh, district. A little bit about me. I'm, I'm a Claire kid, uh, you know, raised there. My kids graduated high school there, married 25 years, a couple of adult children. Been in transportation for 30 years, and I've been in uh, Lansing, well, last January. So I guess it's been just, just about a year now. What hobbies do you have? Oh, gosh. Um, we, we, we came back from the Red Wings game last night. My son played hockey. We, we love that. So I officiated for years. What team I, is he on? Uh, no, he's he's done now. Oh. He's done now. So he played uh, played for the Mount Pleasant Patriots. Then he played a little bit in college. Uh, my daughter played basketball. So I officiated basketball in college. Er, excuse me. I officiated basketball and hockey, and those those would probably have been my favorite uh, uh, pastimes. I enjoy that. Just about anything outside. I like to kayak. I I'm an awful deer hunter because I just like to go sit in the woods. I mean, I'm happy just sitting there. So dig it a deer this year, but uh, yeah, enjoy How that. Big? Uh, no, I shot a doe this year. Oh. Yep. Passed up. Um, we had uh, several bucks, and I just didn't see one that I wanted to shoot. So the farm that I hunt on, my dad's farm, the soybeans have been decimated. So we, we could get crop damage permits, but I just didn't want to do the paperwork on it. So I just buy a doe permit and do that. It's just my wife and I in the house now, so one or two deer is about all we go through. And, and there's so many opportunities to get over-the-counter doe permits. Exactly. That, uh, you know, Years ago, when you and I grew up, couldn't even get dough permits and then right. they were like winning the lottery and now you yep. can pretty much buy all you want as many as you want I, I think opening day we saw 65 deer wow. right you know and eight or ten bucks and there was there's a nine that we watched for a week and i just he just wasn't the deer i wanted to shoot so you know not that um you know i'm not a, not a trophy hunter but i'd like to shoot a nice buck and and yeah. and we need to shoot does yep yeah for sure so um and so you did you grew up on a farm Yes, sir. Yeah, you're, uh, you're you're one of you know when you talk about we the people, you're we the people well, in our in go. our counties I, here. I, I wish I I don't have an exciting story. Like I said, a Claire kid, you know, graduated from there. I went off to Michigan Tech and met a big city girl, married her, and brought her home. And, and it's like the Jimmy Buffett song. And then ten more years went away or passed away or some went went by. I don't even can't quote my Jimmy Buffett this morning, but that seems to be how life is, you know. And pretty soon you look in the mirror, you're thinking, holy cow, that's my dad looking back at me, you know. So. Yeah, you know, I always wish it was my dad looking back at me. There you go. <laughs> you get to that age. Yeah. What are some unique challenges and opportunities in your district? Oh, gosh. You know, um, th th so the 100th district, I'm here. Why, why do this? Why do this? Uh, I used to tutor at the school, and that's one of the things I gave up when I ran. And we deal, and not just Clare County, but Osceola, Macosta, Lake, we deal with intergenerational Appalachian-style poverty. I mean, some of these kids just don't see a pathway out. So uh, we have got two amazing CTE, uh, career technical education. So I, I'm sorry if I throw out an acronym. We have two amazing CTEs. We have one in Clare, uh, Claire Harrison uh, District, and then of course we have the one here in, in Big Rapids, and they have different skills. 
what it does, the opportunity is, I think if we're going to change the world, we're going to do it through education. And what I'd love to show these kids is, you know, I, I'm tutoring a kid that says, man, I just don't like school. Well, I understand that. It's not for everybody. Hey, do you want to make $100,000 a year and live in Big Rapids? Be an electrician. You know, do you want to make $100,000 a year and live in Reed City? Great. You know what? We need pipe fitters. We need welders. We need construction. And the, these are not, not jobs. Sure. You know, I think that's a great goal to have, but you don't have to go to college. Sure. I, I went to college, you know, and by now you figured out we're not going to confuse education and intelligence. Those are two, <laughs> two very different things. But um, that is the challenge. That's the goal for me is what can we do? You know, if, if we're going to change the world, let's leave the world a better place than we found it. So that would be, uh, that would be my biggest, that's why I go to Lansing. What can we do? CTE is my top priority. So whatever they need, I'm in. You know, as a former educator, you know, we're all taught there's one path. As parents, we all do it. Right. Go to college. And this past year, uh, I substitute taught oh. at the career center in the construction trades. Perfect. And it was fantastic. And it really uh, reinforced the need uh, especially in our rural communities, to give young people pathways right. uh, other than college. I'm not bashing college. I, I could, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, sometimes even as parents, what do we do? We uh, uh, grow up, eat your vegetables, be uh, good, right. don't go to jail, graduate, and get good grades, go to college. Right. And it, it's, we, we kind of condition uh, young people at it. It's not a reasonable path for everyone. It's not a smart path for everyone. Correct, so. correct. And there's, yeah, some, you know, my, my daughter enjoys going to school. She likes, she just is excited about it. And, and my son's the opposite. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get up and he's not excited to go to school today. So you're right. It's not for everybody. And there, there's certainly great paths that are outside of the college route. So the reason why we brought you here, here we go, was to talk about <laughs> the uh, wind and solar green energy bill thing that right. happened uh, in early December, early I November, think? early yeah. November. Yeah, we adjourned November 9th. So, mm. yeah. So, uh, can you give us a brief history just to catch up some people who are not familiar you with it? You bet. So, um, and, and again, I apologize if I go off the rails, uh, you know, put, put the rubber hose down, Bruce, but just, <laughs> just give me a sign. So the MPSC, the Michigan Public Safety Commission, is an appointed committee. It's, an, it's appointed by the governor, and it's three people. And when we have a public utility, you know, DTE, Consumers, Cherryland Electric, when they say we'd like to raise our rates or we'd like to do this, we want to, maybe we want to take out some dams, okay, the consumers' dams. This has to go to the MPSC. And allegedly they're non nonpartisan, but that's that's not a thing. There's no such thing as nonpartisan. Um, the MPSC now has the authority to make determinations on local zoning. And that's the biggest thing. So they have taken away local zoning. So uh, we're across the street from the airport right now. And this is, listen to me, the airport is not leaving. I'm using this as an example. You know, don't call the station. But let's say <clears throat> somebody says, we're going we're gonna to put a, uh, a wind farm at the Big Rapids Airport. We're going to take the airport out and put a wind farm in there. And, and the local uh, Green Township, Big Rapids Township says, no, we don't want to do that. We're not going to do that. Well, now DTE can go to the MPSC, and I know I'm throwing out a lot of acronyms there, uh, the, this industrial um, commercial power generator can go to the MPSC and they will overrule local zoning. So it, it's just, I really don't like it. Government should be small, transparent, and local, right? 
This is how the decision should be made. And, and um, it, it's just egregious. It was, it was done along party lines. It was 56-54. 56 Democrats voted yes. 54 Republicans voted no. Um, I, I really don't like taking away local input. So we could, oh my gosh, if you guys want to go, we've been here 10 minutes, let's touch the third rail. Could you imagine if Goshen, if the Goshen zoning was determined in Lansing, right? Take it away and say, listen, listen, local, uh, we really don't want your input. We're going to make this decision for you. And, and that's just a terrible policy. You know, this should be decided on at the community level. Not, not just Goshen. I use that. Maybe that's an example I shouldn't have used. But um, wind and solar should be decided on locally. So, But isn't this just laying the groundwork for, for those type of movements? Uh, this was looks like a small bite to some people. Well, it's just wind and solar. Yeah. Couldn't the next law pass or one, three, four, five years from now be all zoning will be right. in Lansing. To me, it's uh, correct. It, it, it's not an, in, uh, an issue. It's a constitutional issue. Correct. It's, it's not a, uh, a use specific issue. I, I absolutely agree. And, and we have made a decision. We want to live here. This is the life we've chosen, right? We want to live here. You know, I don't mind living next to a dairy farm. I understand that. This is, this is home for me. So when we take away that local zoning, you're right. It feels like a takeover from, you know, it's, it's the big government overreach. And then to send it to an appointed board. This is not an elected board. There's no accountability. And the law says, if you read it, it doesn't say they may issue the permit. It says they shall issue the permit. So it's one of those, there's not even a decision to be made. So I absolutely agree. This is one of the slippery slopes of Hey, if you don't like this zoning, well, how about, um, you know, multi-tenant housing on it? Or, you know, pick, pick whatever issue you'd like to be. I, I come back to it. Government should be small, local, and transparent. And this bill is the opposite of all of that. It takes it away. It's opaque. You know, who, who's on the MPSC? How are they appointed? And, and there's no accountability for it. And you can't, you can't challenge their decision. Do you know who's on the... Yeah, I, that's funny. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I don't know the three people that are on it. No, I can't name them. It's public. You know, we, we can Google it. But um, what, what I'm saying is there's no qualifications. The governor could call tomorrow and say, hey, congratulations, Bruce, Chris, and Tom, you're now the new MPSC. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Right. I don't even... Yeah, I don't... Yeah, oh my. Um, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I don't even know if it's a paid position or not. My point is everybody, you know, in, in Michigan, our Supreme Court justices are elected. Our sheriffs are elected. Our prosecuting attorney, our local judges, our school board, our townships. Yeah, let me, let's not touch that one. Our township <laughs> boards are elected. Our state represent everything. You know, we answer. And if you don't like the job I'm doing, then you can say, hey, listen, I need you to, you know, why did you do this? Or I'm not going to vote for you. Okay. But we don't have that opportunity of the MPSC. And, I, and that's why I think it's wrong. Well, you, you've experienced some of that stuff uh, recently. You kind of met yeah. the piranhas of the community, yeah. I think. A lot of, so, uh, a lot, lot of passion. You know, there's, <laughs> there's certainly a lot of passion on that. And, you know, I, I understand that. Um, I've always been, my mother jokes that I was named after Thomas the Doubter. And, and I wasn't, but I'm a why, you know, tell me why you do that. And, and uh, I, I certainly appreciate people with passion. I think you have to have that. Um, if, if there is a downside to social media, you know, I love, I, I saw today that, um, the neighbor kid got engaged on new year's Eve. That's great. So now we see this engagement picture and it was a sunset photo and that's beautiful. You love that. Now the problem is when we segue into something else, sometimes we lose our humanity. We lose our civility. 
You know, um, we sit here in this community. Again, there's, there's no, we're all sinners. All right. I certainly don't hold myself up as an aspiration. Hey, be like me. No, don't be like me. Pick somebody better than me to be like, but, um, gosh, some, sometimes we lose our humanity online. Uh, we, we just, there's no question, you know, that the, the anonymous nature of it, uh, when you're there typing, there's no one right there right. to approve or disapprove of what you're going to say. Correct. And so emotions come out and yep. you say things that you might not normally say. And, and I'm guilty of it. I'm we guilty of it. You We're know, humans. Yep. Somebody We're, jabs at me, you know, somebody jab, jab, jab. And then finally I respond like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. Probably. You know? yeah. Probably shouldn't have said that. So a- Absolutely. But, a- but yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. A lot, lot of passion, Chris. Let me say it. Uh, how's, how's that for you? A lot of passion. Yeah. What... Uh, what really flabbergasts me is uh, this law was passed strictly along party lines. Yes. And it's hard to believe if people are honest, believe in the Constitution, um, it's hard to believe that there could be one total side right. for it, one total side against it, because this is very much a constitutional slash freedom issue. Absolutely. And if, if uh, my uh, Democratic uh, friends and neighbors and colleagues uh, you know, if they profess to be constitutionalists or believe in that, believe in the power of the people, you know, uh, uh, how were you convinced to vote? It's just it, it's the division between the two sides just flabbergast me because there has to be some people who say, I don't care what party I'm in. Right. I feel this <clears throat> is uh, morally wrong, constitutionally wrong, fundamentally wrong. That's got to be a challenge absolutely every day and like i said it was it was 56 54 in the house and it was 20 democrats yes in the senate 18 republicans no i mean it was party line all the way through and this this is polling you know i really don't want to get off into the weeds but the 109th district is marquette that's been right and it's polling like 80 percent against it and the state rep up there voted yes on it now imagine going to marquette here are the youpers and and they're as independent as anybody you know, and I say that with respect. I, I I admire that. Could you imagine going to a town hall meeting in Marquette and saying, you know what, I've taken away, I have voted to take away your right to make a decision on zoning. You know, so um, they're getting a lot of heat for it. Um, that That's the deal. You know, you sit in the chair, you push the button, you get to own your vote. So... Um, I, I, I uh, if, you know, it's, it's back to the Teddy Roosevelt man in the arena. If you throw your hat in the ring yep. and you do this, well, then you, you have to justify how you voted. So I, uh, I, that's a tough one. The partisanship is certainly frustrating. That's been one of my eye openers in Lansing. Were, were there any Republicans that voted yes on it? None, zero. No. So what happened? Is, is he a Democrat up there? No, it's a, it's a uh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, she, Jen Hill, Representative Jen Hill, is in the 109th, and um, I, I just, you know, so I, she's Republican and voting. She's yes? a Democrat. Oh, she's a Democrat. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the two Democrats north of Lansing. You know, uh, Traverse City has a as a Democrat representative, and Marquette has a Democrat representative, and they both voted yes on it. Mm. And uh, you know, so there's 110 people in the state house, 110 representatives. And I can go to about a hundred of them. You know, there's there's four or five on either end of the spectrum who are pretty zealous. Like I, I just can't. And I'm not saying it's their fault. Maybe it's mine. I just can't connect with them. Jen Hill's one of the people I can go talk to. Jen, you know, it. In my mind, the voting order is conscience, constituents, caucus. Meaning, if I think it's wrong, that's it. 
this is wrong. I'm going to vote no on it. But then the next thing you have to do is represent your constituents. It's got to be your constituents. Why does she go against her community? That that would be a question for her. You know, I, I don't know. And and I think now she's, she's feeling the heat from it. Um, and certainly I don't wish ill on them, but this is one of those, um, there was no reason for it. We didn't have to vote on this in November. Maybe you're going to have to help you replace it. Uh, there well, you go. Yeah. I, you know, Chris, I was looking at you. You know, we just dealt with this. I'm yeah. going to pick this yeah. scab because it's about healed I'm over. Make some phone calls. But yeah. again, in this county, uh, our recalls weren't because someone did or didn't support Goshen. Mm-hmm. Our recalls were specifically yep. because re- elected officials did not represent the will of the people. Right. You can right. like Goshen all you want. I understand why you mm-hmm. may. I don't, but I understand why you do. But, you know, that's, and, and the, so it's interesting, and I know where, I'm going to um, uh, contradict you just a tad. I sure. know where your heart was. You say, vote your conscience. Uh, a good friend of mine said his dad once told him the scariest thing he ever heard a politician say was, I voted my conscience. <laughs> now, that takes a bit of sure. analyzing. What he meant was that uh, when you say I vote my conscience, you're basing that on uh, uh, lo- the rule of law, constitution, yeah. morality, but a person who votes your conscience, what is your conscience? Your job right. is to vote. You are nothing but a mouthpiece. You're a representative of your people. You so go. your job is to vote for the will of the people within reason. Yeah. Well, but but follow the will of, uh, follow of, the will of, of your constituents. Right. Today's Monday. I don't think I can get 100% of the people to agree that tomorrow is Tuesday. Yes. I mean, there is an opposing side on everything. But at some point, there's no reason to rush. You know, one of my frustrations in Lansing is it drags on, it drags on, it drags on. And then we do a bunch of stuff in a hurry. November 9th, we were there till 3 o'clock in the morning because we had to pass all these bills. Well, here's, you know, freshman Tom Koontz and I keep saying, why? Why? We don't, we don't need to do this today, you know? And that's what I went back to Representative Hill. Representative, we don't need to do that. There's no, no, you know, there's no life-threatening issue here. Why don't we just just tell them I'm not going to vote on this right now? And if they don't have your vote, they're going to table it. We're going to come back in January. You know, the Constitution says we start the second Wednesday in January. Why don't you go back, have a couple of town hall meetings, and get a feel for your community? Why does the government push those, or the politicians that are leading those things, push those all those bills at one time? Why do they do that? Is it just to get them pass through because they know you guys want to leave or what right. who's doing this so that we adjourned our our last session day was november 9th uh our we actually officially adjourned november 12th and that's the earliest we've adjourned in 55 years this is the thing and it really amazes me because the democrats have the trifecta they control the house they control the senate obviously we have a democratic governor the reason why there were two Democrats that were running for mayor races, mayoral races in their towns. Now remember they have a two seat majority, 56-54. In Westland and Warren, those two Democratic representatives ran as mayors and they won. So the reason they wanted to get all this stuff done is because they knew if they won, now when we go back in January, when we go back- Oh, that's a scam. They were basically trying to get their votes in because they knew they would lose them. Correct. That's a scam. It's so wrong. So they, they're not going to, and this is where they're not going to lose them forever. But you're right. When we go back January 10th, it's 54-54. So you, now you're going to have to have some bipartisanship. And there's a lot of things we can work on. There's a lot of things we can work on together. But you're not going to get wind and solar zoning done. So they're going to have special elections. They're going to get the, those seats filled back up. 
But um, this is, you know, you have to answer to somebody. So I don't know who was pushing the wind and solar because I think it's a it's a terrible bill. But boy, they were in a hurry, and they and that's why. You mentioned the the mayor. Was it of Warren? That Warren, got re- Warren. They to, finally replaced Fultz. Because I used to live in Warren, and Fultz's yes. been in there like twenty five years. Yes. He's been in there ridiculously yes. long. Yes, correct. I don't even know how that kept we, happening. But Warren they finally and, got rid of him. Yes. Wow. Warren and Westland were the two uh, cities them. that that have new mayors. Yes. Tom, this might be a little out of sequence, but that's okay. That's what we do. Um, (laughs) Let's not start now, right? The the, the constitutional concept of self-determination in Michigan, in many states, we call it the Home Rule Act. I know you're familiar with that. Educate us a little bit about what that is. That's question number one. Mm -hmm. And then question number two, is this a potential avenue for attack on this new law? Yes. Yes to both of them. So the Home Rule Act, again, it's in our Constitution, and it says exactly, you know, this is one of those truth and advertising issues. Home Rule. We get to make our own decisions. We have a right to determine this. So We at local levels. We at the local levels, yes. correct. You know, and, and it comes back to, um, you know, again, we should be able to decide it. So that is one of the questions. So we've taken this to our legal counsel, said, okay, not not every law that's passed, you know, they now it has to... Um, and this is the, this is one of the reasons the government is so slow. So the legislation has passed this law. Now it has to be judicially reviewed. Well, there has to be a lawsuit. You know, someone has to go before a judge and say, is this legal? So what I think that'll be the next thing we have to do is, I think this law is unconstitutional, and here's why. And I'm sure it ends up at the Michigan Supreme Court. Excuse me. I'm sure it ends up at the Michigan Supreme Court. So And there will uh, be plans of doing that. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. So you know, because it doesn't go into effect until next November. No, after that's the election. no, that's not correct. One of oh. the, let, let me let me go yes, back. There's please. there's never a simple answer in Lansing. When you vote on a bill in Lansing, obviously you vote yes or no. Yeah. Those are your two choices. You can vote yes or you can vote no. And then we vote on effect. So let's say we we pass a bill. The next thing they're going to do is they're going to say when does this law take effect. And there's immediate effect, which is self-defining. You know, as soon as the governor signs it into law, it is a law. And then there's the the next, uh, if, if they, it's not granted immediate effect, then it goes into effect 90 days after we adjourn. <clears throat> okay. So remember, uh, now we're really, you, Bruce, you want to talk about going out of sequence. Here we go. <laughs> the presidential election in Michigan has been moved forward. Now it is the fourth Tuesday. All right. So in next... Of February, the fourth Tuesday of February, right? So this is a new law. Well, they wanted that law to take effect, and they did not get immediate effect to it. So they had to adjourn us early. This is another one. Not only are the Democrats leaving, they lost their majority. They want this law to take effect. So it will take effect 90 days after we adjourned November 9th. So we can do the math and see when that comes out. Wow, that's uh, that's crazy. Tom, we talked a little bit about your deer season. Uh, neither yep. one of us got a buck, but we both uh, put some venison in the freezer. You got a you got a doe, I think? Yep, got a doe. I, I consider that a success. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, e- Ebels does a great job, and I'm looking forward to enjoying it. Absolutely. I, I got two, uh, two does, uh, so we got some meat in the freezer. Chris, how about you? Uh, I hit, a, I mean, I got a deer at 60 miles an hour out there on Hoover Road right before Christmas. So I got to thank uh, Curry's for um, towing and helping me out with that. The insurance totaled it. I got to thank uh, Benton Baker and uh, Blaine and Jared there because I, I walked in there one afternoon uh, last week 
and I walked out with a new vehicle. And so they're awesome there. I definitely go there. They definitely helped me out big time. So thank you. Great. Uh, Tom, we've been talking with you about really a huge issue, and I think a lot of people are kind of snoozing on this, mm -hmm. about what a huge uh, impactful law this was, the new law that takes uh, zoning for uh, wind and solar power away from local uh, uh, government and mm -hmm. pushes it up to the MPSC and at the state level. Um, so let me ask you this. What happens if local townships or counties, and, and let, let's back up just a little bit, some townships make zoning decisions. A township has the uh, the ability to do their own zoning, but they can also choose to not do zoning and defer it to the county, and then the county will do the zoning for them. So uh, what happens if local townships or counties have existing zoning regulations that conflict with the new law? Let's say, let's say a month ago or six months ago they said, uh, no, we are not going to allow that, uh, you know, a solar farm or or whatever. What what is how does the new law impact that? So the new law, the supremacy clause in the Michigan Constitution, it, it disregards it. The local zoning, it they don't even look at it. It's not even an issue. Uh, it's not a challengeable thing. You know, the uh, town. I was on the township board, uh, Grant Township. When I say Grant Township, I mean Clare County, not not uh, either by Jays. Um, Township board, they don't even consider it. So the 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 um, wind and solar people don't even look at that. That is no longer an issue. It's like it never even existed. What else if someone has it in their master plan for the county or the township? Don't care. Gone. Doesn't oh. matter. So the, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. It's it's. I don't want to say. It. I don't think it doesn't matter. Let me be really clear on that. The new law says that this supersedes it, and it goes to the MPSC. So the supporters of this have seen claims that. Uh, Snyder or someone did this type of thing in the past where they took control over the local zoning. Is this is this true? Has there been well, any I, examples of this? I can't I can't think of one now. No, that that's a great question. I can't think of one. Um, you know, when you think of Snyder, there's always been the uh, what is it when a when a city goes bankrupt, Benton Harbor, the state comes in and says yeah. we're going to appoint someone, and there and there's a name for that. There position. is. I you know, uh, emergency manager. Yes. There you go. I should have had two coffees this morning. <laughs> so the state can come in and appoint an emergency manager for a township, for a school, for a city. You know, the, by law, you know, the city of Big Rapids has to be solvent. You, we cannot run a debt. We're not the federal government. And the, the, the county of Big Rapids has to have a balanced budget. And the state of Michigan has to have a balanced budget. And if they don't, if they are not um, good in managing their money and they're going bankrupt, I, I referenced uh, Benton Harbor, we could talk about Hazel Park, we could talk about the Flint water crisis. I was there. There we go. <laughs> So the state of Michigan will come in and they will take it over. And they have amazing authority to do that. They can void contracts. They can, they can come in and fire people. You know, and, and what they have to do is, listen, here we have to get back to you cannot have debt at the end of the year. So um, that would be the emergency manager. That would be the only thing I could think of. The emergency manager can void contracts? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Strategy. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, that's – so think, think of um, – um, you know, Sheriff Miller does a great job. Yeah. I have nothing but high regards for him. I'm going to use him as an example. So, um, Big Rapid, and again, this is an example, people. I'm not saying this is not <laughs> fact, you know. So, if Big Rapids, I'm sorry, Macosta County is 
becoming insolvent, if they're spending more money than what they have, then the emergency manager can come in and say, Sheriff Miller, I understand that you have 15 deputies. I'm going to fire four of them. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. And then they're going to go to the Department of Public Works. And then they're going to go to the city of Big Rapids. And they're going to do whatever they need to do to get down to this level of expense. And, and it's, not a, it's not at the next contract. It's today. They have that. So that is, but, but that's, uh, you know, again, there are very few examples of this. You have to go, uh, you know, Benton Harbor, Hazel Park, cities have to be bankrupt. The difference with the wind and solar is now it's anywhere, anywhere in the state of Michigan, regardless of current existing zoning, has now been superseded. It now goes to Lansing to an appointed board. Right. I mean, it's egregious. This is a really bad law. Now, if eventually when uh, the governor is replaced, can they immediately reappoint the board? Yes, and absolutely. And backdate and remove certain things? So that, that's an interesting thing. Now, if you have a contract, so let's say Consumers Energy puts in, and pick one, pick a solar farm, pick a wind farm, and, and it's amazing when they start talking about these numbers, $500 million or some big thing. If you go back through, how do I reverse the zoning? It's already there. You know, mm -hmm. how do I void this with consumers? Because they said, wait a minute, we, we there is a contract. We had a deal. So, yes, you can go back and change the law, but with anything, zoning is not retroactive. Laws are not retroactive. So if, if I am uh, zoned agriculture and I'm plowing my corn in, and all of a sudden they say, nope, now we're going to zone it to commercial. Well, I'm still, I'm grandfathered in. That's the definition mm. of it. So what it could do, it would stop it going forward. Hey, there's no more of these going forward. You're not going to continue to supersede local zoning. But the ones that are in are in. Those would be tough to pull out. And, and again, oh gosh, I, I, I don't know if, I, Bruce, I'm anywhere close to answering your questions. If this was a good idea, if this genuinely, if this was an honest fiscally transparent thing, then we wouldn't need federal subsidies. We wouldn't need laws to make it happen. You know, if consumers really thought this was the way of the future, they would be doing this of their own accord. The free market would decide. Why don't they use the land on the on the state owned highways and the medians and on the on the ditches and stuff? Why do they have to take the land? Uh, why not? Why not use the state owned land that they already have? Right. Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, and that was my question. Would you would you like to see a state forest cut down? You know, if you believe in green, if you're telling me that you like solar power, awesome. Let's go find a state forest and cut it down and put up your solar field because that's what you're saying or the roads. The, 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 it comes back to money. It's cheaper to take 160 acres, you know, picture 160 acres, a quarter mile by a quarter mile. And now the density is there. It's all in one spot. If I did solar along 131, I'm going to have 10 miles of solar, you know, 12 feet wide to get the same number of, of power there. So let's say all of this went in. We, we go 100% green. Hmm. Okay. How am I going to be affected? Is my energy cost going to be reduced? Or is yes. the only person that's going to uh, win in the long run is going to be the corporations because now they don't have to pay to buy the resources uh, of, of right. coal and things like that. So what's what's really interesting? Again, I'm I am not here. One of my New Year's resolutions is is to be a better person. You know, in general, I'm not bashing consumers. That's not what I'm at. I'm not bashing DTE. They get paid. They go to the MPSC and they get paid ten percent of their expenses. So if I spend a billion dollars, 
you know, and that's hard to imagine. If I spend a billion dollars, I get a 10% return. I get a hundred million dollars a year return, right? Each year? Each year, you get a 10% return. That's what the MPSC agrees to. And they have to do that. No, no, that's existing. That's, that's existing. That's existing. So what I'm saying is if consumers genuinely believe that solar was a good investment, they would be doing it now. And they don't do it now because it's not a good investment. They need the federal subsidies. They have to get. So to answer your question, your rates are going up. Okay. And I'm not saying this as, oh, this is my opinion. This is my thought. Look at every place that's done it. Look at California. Look at Germany. Germany is building coal plants. They're trying to reactivate their nuclear power plants. Wow. Exactly. Because they, they said this. Listen, everybody, there, there's not a better environmentalist than Bruce Borkovich. This guy loves the outside, right? I want to leave the world a better place. I understand that. Yes, we're, I don't pollute. I recycle. We do all these things. What I'm saying is if you do this, you're going to have interruptible power. You're going to have rolling blackouts. You know, uh, look at what Germany pays for power and they try to do this. Look at what um, California pays for power because they tried to do this and they're going away from it. So 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I was on the robotics team in first of Michigan, mm -hmm. uh, I had some friends uh, who are daughters of the now CEO of consumers. And I remember mm -hmm. having a conversation 10 years ago with her asking about this whole EV. And she said, and I quote, if everyone went out and bought an EV tomorrow, right. Right. Uh, we don't have the infrastructure for everyone to start charging. We will have uh, charging their cars. We will have rolling blackouts. We'll mm -hmm. We don't have the infrastructure. Right. And she said we won't have the infrastructure for many, many years. Correct. We're nowhere near close. And that's still the effect today. That is absolutely the effect today. And, and, and they're removing the dams, or they want to do something they want with to it. Remove so, the dams, yeah. so they got, what are they going to replace all that energy with? Right. The the dams are one percent of right. generation. Now that that's I don't want to say it's nothing, but the, to me the dam is more of a socio. Hey, I built a house on a lake, and now you're telling me the lake might be leaving. You know, wow, that's a big deal. <laughs> well, there you go. Who who owns the property? That's that's one of the interesting questions. You're absolutely right. We don't have the infrastructure to do this, and we're not going to. You know, um, consumers has already committed to taking out their coal plants by 2035. Uh, West Isle of Holland, that's going to go out, but they want to replace them with natural gas, and and because it's dependable. You know, the the issue with interruptible power and wind and solar are absolutely interruptible power. We live in a world where we still want to turn the lights on. Yeah. This is our standard of living. Well, if there's no wind and it's the middle of the night, you know, we're in Michigan and it's in January. It's pretty dark out at five o'clock or six o'clock. We still need a natural gas plant to, to turn the lights on. And so you have to pay for that plant if you're using it or not. And that's why wind and solar, they don't do anything but raise our rates because now you have basically two systems. When this system doesn't work, when your wind and solar is not generating power. We live in Michigan. We live in Michigan. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> now we have to turn on this other facility. Well, it's like having a car. Hey, listen, I only want to pay for half of my car because I don't drive it at night. Well, it yeah. doesn't work that right. way. Right. You know, right. this is your car. It's up to you how much you use it. Well, this is your natural gas plant. So back to your rates. Now consumers comes in and says, all right, you're telling me that I have to do this. Well, I'm going to have to build this solar field, and I need a 10% return. Oh, by the way, I still need to build this natural gas plant because I need a 10% return. So absolutely, your rates are going up. Not my opinion. Look at, look at cities or states. I'm sorry. Look at states or countries that have already tried this, and it, is, it has been terrible for the consumer. Mm. Wow. 
Tom, in a uh, in a sentence or two, I hate to box people in, but yeah. in a sentence or two, two-part question. Number one, can you give me the philosophical, if you will, reason why, why the Republicans oppose this bill? And then can you do the same thing? Can you give me the philosophical reason uh, why the Democrats supported it? Sure. And, and you know what? I want to start off by saying... I, I don't believe there's bad people on either side. I think people genuinely are trying to do what they think is right. <clears throat> Great. And we can have this disagreement. Bruce, you and I might go down to Curry's, and I'm going to get a Coke, and you're going to get a Pepsi. Okay. I understand that. You drive a Chevy, I drive a Ford. I'm a 270, you're not six. We can, we can disagree on everything. I think there is a fundamental difference in Lansing, and, and I was, I'm blown past my two sentences. <clears throat> I believe in my heart, that you can make decisions about your life better than anybody else. I don't care how well-intended, I don't care how educated the bureaucrat is, nobody knows as much about your life as you do. So you might say, that doesn't work for me. Here's what I want to do. So to answer your question, now, I'm, now that I've laid the groundwork, there is absolutely a group in Lansing that says no. Let the individuals have that decision-making power. Let them make their own decisions. If you don't want wind and solar in Macosta County, that's your zoning, so be it. And there's absolutely a group in Lansing that says, listen, you just don't see the big picture. You know, they're, they're not trying to be condescending, but they are absolutely saying, we can make decisions about your life better than you can. That is, And I don't know how, I don't know how I, not to take it personally. I, I, I think you know? that's really well stated. So one side says we, the people, mm -hmm. the other side says we know better. We know we what's know good for the people. Right. Nothing scares me as much right. as anyone in power, elected officials, anyone in power who says, I know what's best for Correct. you. That is the scariest thing that's, in the world. to me. That's my favorite Ronald Reagan quote. The scariest words ever mentioned were. I'm from the, the government, government and I'm here, here to, help. to help you. Right. <laughs> no, you know, this governmental efficiency. When I sit there in this room of 110 people and I'm, you know, I'm used to signing the front of a paycheck. I'm used to covering payroll. And I look at this and think, oh my gosh, we're going to try and put the government in charge of energy or it's, it's another topic. But could you imagine the government in charge of health care? Like, oh my gosh, I have, you know, the gray, you can probably hear the gray hair over the radio sprouting. So... Can you recall if there were any debates on the floor regarding this topic, or did it kind of just get pushed through? Kind of got pushed through. And, and this, no is the part, this is the part that bothers me. So um, here's here's how it works. Uh, and again, this is, you know, um, I'm just a bill. I'm only a bill. What is that? What is the video? Oh, yeah, from like Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah. Here's your Schoolhouse <laughs> Rock thing. There we go. I didn't think you were old enough, Chris. No, we watched it. Um <laughs> So you can go introduce a bill, and then it gets assigned to a committee. This obviously gets assigned to the Energy Committee. Well, the Energy Committee, like the chairman lives in Hamtramck. Mm. Well, they're not putting wind and solar in Hamtramck. You know, mm. everybody that votes for this, but other than Traverse City and Marquette, lives south of 94. Mm -hmm. You know, this is one of those things where they're passing a law knowing it doesn't affect their district. Hey, here's some rubes up in the thumb. Here's some podunk. How did they get know? on the committee then? So... We all serve at the pleasure of the speaker. And again, Schoolhouse Rock, the speaker of the house, uh, Joe Tate, who's got an impressive resume. He, I thank him for his service. He, he played uh, football for Michigan State, right? Mm -hmm. 
The Speaker of the House appoints everyone to their committees. The Speaker of the House determines who the chairman of it is. And of course, like I'm on the Labor Committee, and I know you're going to be surprised, but there are seven Democrats and three Republicans. And you're on the Ethics Committee. And on the Ethics and on Transportation. I, I just use that as an example. So even if one Democrat says, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to vote on this. Well, now it's six to four. I mean, there's no, they've never lost a vote because they get to determine who's on the committee. The Speaker of the House can remove me from my committees. I mean, he doesn't answer it anyway. This doesn't get voted on. His decision, he could come in. Now, it'd have to be egregious. It would have to be, you know, it's not a parking ticket. It's not a, hey, Tom, you had too much to drink and you wore a lampshade home from the Christmas party. You know, it's not that. But he could fire my staff. He can take my parking spot. He can take my office. So he cannot stop me from being an elected official. So I am still an elected official, but I may have to stand in the back of the room and vote thumbs up or thumbs down. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, the Speaker of the House gets to determine who's on this committee. So. We touched on the Ethics Committee. Can you tell a little bit more what has happened in the last year with the Ethics Committee? I remember you talking sure. to me about this before. Sure. The, the silence will be deafening. So we, so I, I'm again, you know, you, you show up as a freshman. Now I'm a, I'm a 53-year-old freshman. I'm not a new guy, but you show up as a freshman and you're excited to do this ethics and oversight. Let me answer it with a story. I don't know how much time we have left. So I'm on the township board. I'm on the township board and we have to do Freedom of Information, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act training. So I do the Michigan Township Association training. I do our county training because I want to make sure I comply. Well, it was really easy. We just, you know, you file everything in the email. When somebody wants it, you send it to them. When I get down to Lansing, I ask, all right, who's my FOIA person? If I have a question on FOIA, there are some things that are not uh, public knowledge. Like you can't come in and say, hey, um, I want the state police, uh, I want all their home addresses. Well, I'm not going to give you that. No, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you our security program. These are things that are, and these are just examples of it. So I ask, who's my FOIA person? And they look at me and said, oh, we don't do that. You know, so I kind of chuckle. Okay, I'm like, okay, no, seriously, who is it? I did not realize the state legislature in Michigan is not subject to FOIA. Wow. Even to this day, it is not. So if you were to send me a FOIA request and say, Tom, I want to know everything about that. Now, our, our office policy is absolutely, we comply. Yes, we will, but, we but, will comply with you it. you are not required. We are not required to do it. Didn't we are that. not. So Michigan is the only state in the nation where the legislature and the executive branch, the governor is not subject yeah, either. The governor is exempt. Is exempt. I've tried already. We are named exemptions. So my first bill was, well, that's not right. I can't go. Like the school board, the fire department, the library board. I mean, every, obviously townships, obviously counties, you know, police departments. Everybody is subject to FOIA. If you take state money, you are subject to FOIA any public building except the legislature. Well, that's a terrible example of leading by, you know, that's, that's a terrible example of how to lead. So my first bill in the ethics committee, it was March 11th, we introduced FOIA. And then we had a companion bill to say, all right, the, the governor should be subject to FOIA. And we should have no, um, we should disclose if we have any conflict of interest. So to answer your question about the ethics committee, we have voted on zero bills all year. Why? This is in 23. We heard testimony on zero bills all year. My FOIA bill, I'm on the committee and I cannot get on the agenda. They have no authority, they have no obligation to call on me. What, what has happened during the meetings then? What have they done? Well, we got to hear from the Carl Levin Institute. 
We got to hear from politicians, not voters, who talked on the uh, redistricting commission. Secretary of State Benson came in and gave a dog and pony show. So we met six times, never voted, never heard testimony, never saw a bill. So welcome to the Ethics Committee. Wow. Right. We're a little frustrating. We've been here with Tom Kuntz today, our uh, representative, and it's been a pleasure for me to get to know Tom over the last half of a year. And uh, he's a he's a wonderful uh, a person, uh, a dad, a husband, but he's a true representative of of we the people. So Tom, thank you for coming in, yeah, and I hope the fight uh, you continue the fight against this. If there's a way to legally challenge this, I, I hope uh, we, yes, we can do it. Absolutely, we will. Yeah. And and I think and this is a little bit of speculation. My first of all, Bruce, thank you for the very kind words, and Chris, thank you. It's a speculation on my part, but I think it's going to happen. I'm hoping that people gather signatures and put this on the ballot in November of 24. Exactly. It's where it belongs. Let the people decide. We'll take it Let out the of people the decide. partisan. Right? There we go. So, Chris, about time for us to talk about the community buzz. Yeah. TNR Macosta stands for Trap, Neuter, Return. Uh, and we will help control the feral cat population through spay and neuter. You can find TNR Macosta on their website, uh, tnrmacosta.org. If you're interested in joining the Rotary Club of Big Rapids, you can find them on Facebook at the Rotary Club of Big Rapids or stop by the lower level of the Artworks building on Tuesdays at noon for the first two lunches are on them. And the Angels at the Misiola Curry Comfort Home are looking for don- donations for the home. Check out their website, misiolacurrycomforthome.com. Or for questions, call 231-287-2208. The Animal Rescue Coalition is a nonprofit, no-kill shelter. They're always in need of donations of food and toys. They are the Macosta County's only shelter. They also rehabilitate abused and neglected pets. So remember to adopt, don't shop. And any pet is a lifetime commitment, so don't take it serious. If so... Take it seriously. Each animal they have all need a forever home. And we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Rivertown Real Estate. Lori Brock. Love you, Lori. <laughs> Lori's my local hero here. Didn't know her before this uh, fight we were just in. But uh, thank you, Lori and Haley, your daughter, real estate agent. Thank you, Pet Boutique, located next to Big Rapids Lumber and Hardware. Also, Paris Creek Jewelry. Corey, who not only runs a great jewelry company, but has stepped up into local government. And Purely Clean Services. Commercial cleaning services for the entire listening area. If you have a business that's in need of cleaning, contact Lisa at Purely Clean Services. 231-660-6775. Also, the Barrington Firearms Training Center. Get your concealed pistol license from Barrington Firearms Training Center. Classes are January 27th or 28th, taught by local officers. They will also be at the Wax and Cadillac for the Gun and Knife Show, Saturday, July Saturday, July 13th, 9 to 5, Sunday, January 14th, 9 to 3. And I can tell you I sent my wife to this training and she was a little intimidated. Uh, not an area uh, where historically you've seen a ton of women. They did a fantastic job. They assure you at the beginning of the training a great teaching technique. You will pass. And they do that well teaching and making people comfort uh, comfortable doing it. They did a fantastic job. 
And also thank you to all the supportive businesses and people of the community behind our show. We thank each and every one of you. If you would like to sponsor our show, Big Rapids Buzz, call your best friend Jen here at B1039 at 231-796-1103, and she'll get you started. Listen again next Monday at 8.30 a.m. for Big Rapids Buzz with me, Bruce Borkovich, and Chris Long, Big Rapids Buzz.